TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. Welcome to the Score North AL Central Champs helping to defend the Crown Twin Show. It's Judd Zulgad. It's Derek Wetmore with you here live. Well, we're live. You're listening to this recorded. But we are at Twins Fest sitting in the uh, suite level of the press box. Judd, Twins Fest, a uh, two-day event this year, and we've already learned a bunch of interesting nuggets in the first, oh, six hours or so of what we've seen Yeah, here. Yeah, I, I went to the Wolves last night. You were obviously here at Target Field for day one. and uh, Sitting around, yep. I came for the town hall with uh, Twins owner Jim Polad, uh, team president Dave St. Peter, and the always comical but very informative GM, Thad Levine. Yeah, he was good. Who I think might be one of the best quotes to ever grace us as far as an executive yes. in, in a long, long time in yep. this market. Uh, Thad, uh, Thad likes to be funny, but then he backs it up by telling you a lot of interesting stuff. So, yeah, I guess I would start with some news just because I find it to be interesting given this man's age. Nelson Cruz, who I believe is going to turn 40 on something like July 1st or 2nd of 2020, um, late in the town hall, they were asked about that in particular, about Cruz, and he acknowledged, we basically don't think Father Time is catching up to him. We're already having conversations with his agent <laughs> and representative about what to do in the future, which means that, um, and it sure didn't sound like coaching, <laughs> so if that's the case, there is a there is an off chance that uh, sometime during the course, I don't know, spring training or the season, not a long term extension, but an extension. And I think once a guy gets past 40 in any sport, sure. thinking of extending him is very intriguing. But I will say this in the twins defense. If you saw what Nelson Cruz not only brought on the field last year and obviously continued to play Derek through the bad wrist, but also, as we saw, and I think was articulated really well and written about a lot, the impact that he had in that clubhouse, it's not a shock. It's not a bad move. I just find it interesting that he's going to hit the age of 40 in July, and he's possibly going to do it with a new contract in tow. Good for Nelly Cruz. Well, the the fascinating angle that I took out of it is, like, he is he is a great hitter. And, and this is what I said last winter when everyone was talking about the leadership and like, oh, boy, he's going to be great for Sano. Those things both proved to be true. But I said, hang on a second, guys. Let's not forget the fact that the Twins just signed their three-hitter. Like, the best hitter in their lineup, the most productive member of the Bomba squad was signed for was Like, it'll be $12 million this year upcoming for it 2020. It was a great contract. So there's the playing aspect of it, and I think Thad's direct quote was that he's shown an ability, unlike most of us men as we pass our mid-20s, Nelson Cruz has shown an ability to show Father Time the business or give Father Time yep. the business, yep. and uh, that's a very good way of putting what Nelson Cruz has done. He's basically, he's not only just staved off the typical aging curve as we think of it, that, that your production starts to drop as you hit 30 and, and into your mid-30s. Most guys are wrapping up their major league careers if they're lucky to get that far. Nelson Cruz has not just staved off that aging curve. He's ignored it. Mm -hmm. uh, last year was one of his best of his uh, productive career throughout. Um, basically, since he turned 30, he's just like, no, nah, I'm not going to age. I just keep hitting. I'm just going to keep hitting home runs. I'm going to keep hitting for average, keep drawing walks. He's just going to be an amazing, productive hitter. Um, they're also, Judd, getting that leadership component if they were to do some kind of extension, which kind of flew by me uh, that they talked about that. The, the third hitting coach element of this, I think, can't really be 
overstated for Cruz. Yeah, and I, I think that they're – and you're right. I mean, Cruz is still at the plate phenomenal. For his age, he's off the charts. But I also think that they're smitten, and rightfully so, with the fact that they finally – because I think this was tough. I think they finally found a guy who Miguel Sano would listen to, who, who connected with Seems Miguel. Like and, you know, God bless them. They certainly tried previously, and – I don't know if it was immaturity at the time, if it was respect at the time, but really the Twins couldn't find this guy until Cruz walked in and they put Cruz in the corner locker that was once for a long time occupied by Joe Maurer. Yeah. And then they moved Sano across the clubhouse right by Nelson Cruz, and it clearly worked. And so, you know, Miguel's being moved to first now. We've seen video from him working out in the Dominican, Derek. He looks to be in pretty good shape right yeah, now. Better shape than me. Um, yeah, so I think there's a, a feeling. You know, I, these guys, for all we talk about, like their analytical uh, savvy and and their baseball prowess in that degree, I think Derek and Thad are also very observant to the human condition. And Miguel Sano is a potential star if he's handled right. And so... Derek and Thad, in some ways, probably have a hubris about them. But I don't think when it comes to dealing with their players, that's necessarily the case. So I think they look at Nelson Cruz and think, damn, that worked really well. He hit. He's good. I mean, let's just say that there is a gradual drop-off. But yeah. it's not huge. Just, sure. It's just the normal drop-off. Human nature. But Miguel Snow remains in check, working hard, adapts to first base. Yeah. Nelson Cruz right there is paying for himself. Right. And, and that's the one thing. <laughs> You're right. You know, we, we talk so much about how these guys examine the analytics and the numbers, and I do think that they do. Look, I think there's no question about that. But, you know, I'll always go back to, I really thought that the Logan Morrison, Lance Lynn, Addison Reed debacle taught them something. It's not like they looked at those three guys in the clubhouse and thought, well, it should have worked and, you know, it's too bad. They looked and said, damn, what went wrong there? Yeah, and how can we improve going forward? I think that's a key element, rather than just running and hiding from it. And and now what's clear to me uh, off the Donaldson signing, Derek, is this one. They also looked at, and for all we tried to shoot this down or tried to dismiss it, I think they also looked at how, how their team approached the playoffs going into Yankee Stadium last year and thought, okay, we need to change this idea of this is too tough. And Donaldson's going to change that. They, they flat out said again t- uh, today, I believe it was Thad, that, th- that Thad said Josh Donaldson, g- going back to what Dave St. Peter told Phil Mackey on our afternoon show as the playoffs started last year about it's time to slay the dragon, which obviously didn't happen. Twins lost in three. But Thad said, took it a step further and said, Josh Donaldson doesn't respect the dragon. Yes. yes. And, but, I mean, that's not BS. The question was great. I want to I want to point out the wording of it because um, I don't remember who asked it, but it was a fan in the in the stands for this uh, town hall. Yeah, too, there, there were like I, I five great ones, yeah. And uh, in this sort of town hall gathering Q&A sort of thing, he said, uh, how can you take the next step um, in trying to slay the dragon, and instead of talking in that way, how can you become the dragon? So, yeah. Judd, early runner in the clubhouse for 2020 Twins slogan, Be the Dragon. I think that's, uh, that's early, not bad. an early favorite because it was sort of, it came up organically. But yes, Thad's point was you guys all in this room, media, fans, um, Dave St. Peter, Jim Polad have uh, an enduring like understanding of this Yankees Twins rivalry, if you can call it that, but you can't because it's one sided in the postseason. 
he doesn't. Thad doesn't. He now has one year. I guess the wild card game too. Even though we all kind of acknowledge that was a bit of a pop up year, uh, just sort of happy to be there that year. Yeah, I don't even count that. Right. I agree with you. Versus nineteen, which is like, whoa, well, this team's to be reckoned with, and they still got cast aside really quickly. That those three games, four games, are really the only example that anyone in that clubhouse has of twins yankees history and so yeah he and especially josh donaldson josh donaldson has zero twins yankees connection other than you know whatever he has watching as a fan of baseball because he is a fan of the game so i i just don't think it's going to affect him very much and i much like you judd am super curious to see how two things play out in this clubhouse one how do you handle expectations? Last year, you surprised, and it was fun, and we had a ton of fun on the Score North Twin Show talking about it. Uh, you know, Score North first place Twin Show came to be because the Twins sort of surged past the Indians and then held them off all summer. Pop-up seasons are super fun for teams and for fan bases. What happens when that expectation is pre-planted, when you go to spring training expecting to win the division? And the second thing that I'll be fascinated to see, how does the clubhouse dynamic unfold after you had a good group with 101 wins you had a coaching staff and a, and a support staff that you loved and 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 sort of made the whole thing go and work okay well it's great to have a great room but guess what leads to good chemistry 101 wins right, right. chicken and egg situation sure i'm curious to see how all of that soup plays together this year in the twins clubhouse and it- Beyond the fact that he's going to uh, contribute at the plate and certainly at third base because Donaldson has a really good glove at third base, I think part of the rationale in signing him too, though, is the recognition that this is not going to be and cannot be the fun team that we saw in 2019 because, to your point, they just popped up. I mean, that is that is sort of, you know, a high schoolish summer of fun. Yeah, and it's great, yeah, but you can't replicate it. Like, I hear what you Like, mean, you yeah. can't run that back the next summer. Yeah, it's a um, good, like, sitcom premise. Exactly. <laughs> and, and it was fun to watch, but I think these guys are smart enough to realize that if you try and say, hey, let's just have fun again, to your point, now yeah. there's pressure on if things start to go wrong, then guys start to turn on each other potentially. So I think the Donaldson component here is, is important because it's a recognition that there is going to be more pressure and the intensity is going to change. And and look, I still think that Nelson Cruz is the captain of that clubhouse. But that being said, Josh Donaldson won't be afraid to get in people's faces, I think, in a positive way. Like Lance Lynn was truly unhappy to be here. OK, so he was just a grouch. Addison Reed, the the relief pitcher that they brought in around the same time, struck me as a miserable guy. Lomo was just sort of goofy. I think he had a boombox he traveled with, and he was just sort of a goofy guy. So Donaldson's going to bring a seriousness, but it's not going to be, I think, detrimental. I think it's going to be constructive. And And I'm certainly not saying that all the fun has to come out of this clubhouse, but I think what what um, Derek Falvey and Thad Levine are acknowledging is there does have to be a bit of a shift just internally before the game starts. And then, of course, to go back to the most important point, once the game starts, Donaldson is not only in your lineup probably hitting, what, 25 to 30 home runs at least that you would expect, but he's also at third base, a huge upgrade there, potentially saving runs. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, you're right. The the feisty attitude. That's the most important thing ultimately. Right. He's going to play, and then 
you know, if his track record's any indication, he's going to back it up with sort of that fiery competitiveness. Somebody asked him at the press conference on Josh Donaldson Day, what, uh, you know, what, what drives you to be that sort of fiery competitor that we've heard about? And he says, well, you know, I, I like to win. <laughs> it was yeah. that simple for him. And it might honestly be that simple, Judd, when you were talking about sort of clubhouse chemistry and like goofy and fun times versus business time. I was thinking about the Washington Nationals in 2019 because I think the outward perception – I'll just run this by you. You tell me if this is off because you watch the World Series. You watch October baseball. I think the outward perception is like the heart and soul of this team is guys like uh, – well, it was Adam Eaton and Howie Kendrick. And, I mean, even as Drupal Cabrera had some big hits, like sort of role players almost. If you if you pardon the expression, I don't mean it in like a derisive way. Just sure. They're not superstars. They're just players on a team that won the World Series. That it was just kind of a fun bunch. And Juan Soto's element adding a whole fun dynamic, like a layer on top of that, well, on top of being a star. The baby shark guy who, who went to play in Japan. Yeah. Uh, who yeah. they got from the Giants, <laughs> yeah, who was a nobody, but Par, I mean. But it took off. So there is that element of it. And that, as you were talking about the fun time versus business, that's what jumped to my mind. But then I thought, hold on a second. This team also has Max Bleepin Scherzer, who comes in and is like, I just broke my nose yesterday. Here's seven shutouts. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know, it's and business Strasburg. time. Yeah, who's, who's not going to joke around with anybody. And he just shoves. Yeah, so, so I do think that there's always this sort of secret sauce of clubhouse chemistry that does matter on sure. winning teams. You, you typically don't see winning teams that don't have an ounce of that. Yep. But there is also this balance of like, you're a you're a hired assassin pitch or a hired to go pitch seven shutout innings tonight. What are you going to do? In Donaldson's case, it's scoop up two ground balls at third base and hit a three run bomb. And to be clear, the most important thing here is that I'm not trying to say that the chemistry is going to make or break th- this team and that they can go out and play bad baseball and still win because it's fun. I just think that that how teams are built in all sports to me is an underrated thing. Because we just often think, man, look at all the talent on that team. They're they're fantastic, so they should win. The season's long. There are disagreements internally. And that's where I think that there is, as long as the Twins play play right, well, right. and again, pitch well, right. um, which intrigues me. Here's the type of thing that Donaldson intrigues me about internally as well, clubhouse-wise. So Nelson Cruz strikes me as a type of guy who goes about his business and people want to follow him. Like, they look at him and he's just got an it factor and I can't describe it, but I've seen it. Yeah, he's just like most people don't have. He's it. a most, quiet alpha, and most of us just don't. But most of us don't have that level yeah. of alpha. Yeah. Well, the ma- speak for yourself. The majority of humans don't, <laughs> but he kidding. does. But here's what. But 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 here's where his ability, I think, and he knows this, sort of ends a little bit. I'd be very curious, and we don't know this, but I'd be very curious the times that, and I'll pick on this guy because he's the perfect guy to pick on, when Rosario would do goofy or dumb things. I don't know how many times Nelson Cruz would go go to him and be like, hey, dude, uh-uh, can't do that. I'm not saying he didn't at all, okay? But I, Nelson doesn't strike me as the guy that flies across the clubhouse like, oh, you stop doing that. You shouldn't do that. And I've heard just through the years, Judd, that a number of people have tried to have that conversation. I, I don't know about the Cruz dynamic, so maybe that landed last year. Right. But I've heard it hasn't always landed in but the past. My point is Donaldson is the type of guy who won't hesitate to have it. And I would, if I was Rosario's uh, parent or representative – Agent, I would suggest he listens because that's the type of thing that Donaldson I don't think is going to put up with. You know his new representative, right? It's your guy, Kyle Thousand at oh, Rock Nation. Oh yeah, Kyle Thousand. You, you and Phil's favorite. You guy. and Phil Mackey love. But don't you? But don't you think Kyle that Thousand. that's the type of thing that Donald? Like yeah, if I do. you if you styled um, by the third time you style a home run and it hits the wall, Donaldson strikes me the type of guy that would run out to second base and wring your neck. <laughs> 
I'm serious. He might wait till you get back into the clubhouse. No, but I just I think it will be dealt. But with. it's but it's one thing for I'm a veteran leader and I'm going to teach Rosario the ropes. I think Rosario probably looks at those guys like whatever, dude. Donaldson strikes me as the type who will be like, no. You don't tell me whatever. You'll never do that again. You don't tell Nelson Cruz And I might whatever. be wrong here. It, but, it's but, interesting. But that's the step of different leadership it's, I'm talking it, it's about. An, it's an interesting observation. Planning to buy a new boat this year? Glenn Perkins here for my friends at Nelson Marine. The Nelson Marine difference is about customer service and a knowledgeable team of sales and service pros. Two large showrooms filled with an impressive inventory of the best brands in the business. London Crestliner Fishing Boats, South Bay Pontoons, powered by Yamaha, Suzuki, Mercury, and Evinrude. Nelson Marine has been creating happy customers for 75 years. Visit their showroom on Highway 61 in White Bear Lake online at nelsonmarine.biz. You, you were touching on leadership earlier, and I want to speak on this too. I want your take on this because I'm, I'm working on a column because – and I don't know where this is going to go. I just have had a few conversations about this, and it's been sort of my nagging – it's been in the back of my mind really all winter is I don't think on the outside of the Twins organization. So I'm talking you and me, all of us at Score North, anyone listening to the Score North Twins show – any Twins fan, anybody who came out to Twins Fest, I don't know that we're giving enough credit to the losses of significant people from the organization. I'm talking uh, Jeremy Hefner, James Rousen, Derek Shelton. They got a bunch of minor league directors who are either in different positions now, so leaving, losing that, or they've left the organization entirely, so you lose their leadership. How concerned are you, Judd, that uh, the coaching staff – let's just keep it to the coaching staff because player development's really, really tricky to unpack in a, in a show like this. And um, you might not know for three years what the impact on player development was. How concerned are you about the different complexion of the Twins coaching staff this year compared with last summer? I don't know if concern is the right word, but I think that your point's a very good one, and I think to dismiss it would be foolish. They, they clearly had a lot of good people in places. Yeah. yeah. And, and the trickle down to me, um, while certainly could reach the players for sure, starts with Rocco Baldelli, right? I mean, we, we talked point. about this on the uh, show that we did a couple of days ago on a Score North on 1500, but Rocco Baldelli, every time you walk by his office post game, who would be in there every time? Derek Shelton. It was basically Shelton's office. Yeah, too. and <laughs> Shelton, and they'd be debriefing, and it was it was really, really clear that Rocco relied on Shelton um, probably to carry his, some of the weight that in his first year Rocco either wasn't completely comfortable doing or was smart enough to acknowledge he didn't know. Yeah. So I think to dismiss it and be like, oh, it's no big deal yeah. would be a mistake. But I also think because this team operates, um, Derek, in such a different way than they did for years and, and years and years when Guardy staff basically didn't leave or they were fired by other people, um, I'm curious to watch it. <laughs> like, I'm curious to know. I mean, it's going to be how much, you know, I mean, I, I still think that Rocco got a ton of help from Nelson Cruz last year. I, I think yes. the clubhouse was largely policed. I agree. And it's going to be more policed now with Donaldson there. Um, but I think it would be foolish to say what you just said. Say, oh, I know you just replaced them. Yeah. They're, they're fine. I have no idea. And, and I guess the other just factor quickly that can play into this as well is how much more comfortable is Rocco in his own skin in year two yeah. where he can take steps himself. Yeah. And I will say that because this is going to go in the column, but but it, it, it has to be posed as an open question because even if you ran it by like give Derek's uh, Derek Falvey truth serum and say, hey, you lost some real talent in your organization. The guys that wear white collars, not the guys that carry bats and gloves concerned i think even if he were giving you you know an unfiltered honest 
answer, he can't say definitively, oh, there's no big deal. We got some talent coming in. You can be optimistic about it, and you can hope that it goes well. Right. I guess my point with the column is you're injecting some risk into the equation that maybe didn't exist before. But in their defense, I will say I had a chance to talk with Mike Bell briefly the other day. I've heard from around the league some reviews about him that came in glowingly positive. And uh, just last night, I was posing the same question to somebody with the Twins. Could not get them off the phone, so to speak, raving about Edgar Varela, the guy who's been promoted from internally to be the new hitting coach, co-hitting coach with Rudy Hernandez. Who's really well liked as well. Could not say a better thing. I mean, like, I, I was like, seriously, you're embarrassing me. You know, you're, I hope he doesn't hear these compliments because this is becoming effusive. Mm-hmm. They just think the world of Edgar Varela. Now, whether that works out with the hires of Varela and, as I mentioned, Mike Bell is the new bench coach. He's kind of going to take over the Shelton role, more or less. And Bob McClure on the pitching side of things, you can say great things about all three of them. And I'm sure they're great people, too, on top of that. But I'm just curious what kind of effect that's going to – is it going to be a step back? I don't know. And, it's too soon to tell. And the good thing about this, of course, is this conversation is only happening because the team was so successful in 2019 yeah, right. that people wanted their people, yep. which is what you want. So it's sort of a <laughs> yeah. it's sort of a loaded conversation because it's not like they totally. got fired or weren't liked. They were absolutely liked, and they did a really good job. And teams then came and cherry picked. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, them, but so, but but I also think that your point is valid in. The, if you say, "Oh, they're just they were just uh, the bench coach," I mean, you know, well, no, it could be a big deal. Sure, but I, but but then again, I, I will go back to Rocco two Will be interesting to watch him yeah. as he will clearly be more comfortable yeah. knowing from basically the start of spring training exactly how this goes, much more so sure. than he probably did last year. Jed, what do you think about the way that the twins are talking about? I'm talking Rocco. I'm talking Thad. I'm talking Derek. What do you think? The way they're talking about their pitching this offseason. We've seen them in a number of different settings. I have a question for you off Okay, just a bunch of press conferences and you talking with them and on your show. So Thad, in uh, the state of the Twins today, basically, they are talking about Rich Hill as if he is going to contribute for sure. Um, and we, we can get to the possible contribution of Homer Bailey and what where he's going to slot in because that's a different story because he's not hurt. But what do you think about that? Um, the Rich Hill thing to me, that seems to be a little bit dicey to be really sure that a guy who had some type of surgery that basically is pre-Tommy John surgery. <laughs> Revision, yeah. Revision yeah. Um, can be counted on. It's um, amazingly risky, I think. And just from what I've read about Rich Hill and now talking to him once or twice is like, he is – you're going to like this guy, by the way, Judd. I, I know you, and I know kind of the sports – His wife and him got arrested outside yeah, a Patriots yeah, game yeah. for trying to get – I li- I already like him. So what? They were trying to, like, get their bag in the stadium? So somebody and- was clearly drinking. I, I like these people. <laughs> I, I don't know. I can neither confirm nor deny. She was trying to get deny. an oversized bag in, and now, you know, sporting events won't let you bring in the bag. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, he, I think he defended his wife, and they both and he, got good in good for him. He's probably right well, That's what I'm it. saying. I, so – I already like him. I uh, – and by the way, news note – Rich Hill's throwing program starts next week. Oh, okay. That's what, that's what he told us yesterday at Twins Fest on Friday, that uh, he'll he'll get a baseball in his hand and start throwing. And, and the earliest he can pitch is June, probably more likely July. Yeah, right? I heard I heard some multiple people characterize it as optimistically June, maybe a little bit more reservedly July. But also, by the way, as you're pointing out, Judd, you should also keep in mind that 
there's a possibility here. I'm not saying it's the likely outcome. A possibility that you get zero innings from Rich Hill this year. Right, which you, is why you, I'm you going, have to think about. Which is that. why I'm asking you the question of talking yeah. as if it's a foregone conclusion he's going to contribute. So that's why I, I mean I think it's amazingly risky, and the way I think about risk is not just in downside. I think about risk in terms of upside too. Like Byron Buxton is also risky. He's your plan in center field. That's a risk. However, you take that quote unquote risk and be willing to to lose, you know, the downside of, well, if he gets hurt in the second game of the season, knock on whatever wood you can find in this press box, he's that's now that's a void. Kepler moves to center, you got to find something in right, whatever your plan is there. Um but the upside of Byron Buxton, I think we've all seen it. We've all seen sure. it. And you and I are on the same page of that. And age there gives me confidence yep. that, That's if, right. you know, if now the health is the huge if there. But Rich Hill is old and injury prone. Yep, I, I agree. And, and so that's the combination that makes me leery. So I look at it and I say there's some percentage chance that he throws. Let's call it 5% because of his age and injury history. Some percent that he throws zero innings this year. There's some percent that he throws 15 innings. He comes back. It's a successful recovery. But then, hey, stuff happens. You're a pitcher in the big leagues. Uh, and, and then there's the percent chance that he throws, you know, like 60 innings. And some of them are in October with the game and the World Series on the line. And Rich Hill, to use Derek Falvey's own words uh, in his defense, when he's been healthy... His track record is one of the 10 or 15 best pitchers in the big leagues. I mean, this guy, this is not just some guy. This guy is a star pitcher who happens to have a pretty checkered injury history, and that should be cause for concern. But I think you're going to love this guy, Judd, if he can get back to the mound and perform because he's this sort of like mild-mannered, low-key guy when he's, you know, did a press interview yesterday, and he was getting just a little peel back the curtain here for Twins Show listeners. Uh, the sort of like written media and us in radio and stuff, we were sitting there talking with Rich Hill in a group scrum inside the Visitors Clubhouse where the Twins, that's their home base for Twins Fest. Players, coaches, alumni, whatever. And Rich Hill had like five minutes to get rushed off to a radio interview. He was going to be live on the air to go do his introduction to the Twins. And so there was a, a person there that was going to take him up and was like, come on, come on, we got to go, we got to go. And he said, you know, Hey, thank you, thank you guys for uh, for taking the time. I, I, there was one more question. Did you did you want to ask your question? Like as I'm walking and talking, and so he circled back and said, "No, go ahead and ask it. I'll I'll, I'll do what I can as I'm on my way out here." He was so calm, like couldn't care less that he right. was you know right. three minutes from live radio, not because he wasn't taking that seriously, but just because he's been through it all before. But, so, but then when he's on the mound, Judd, they say he's like alter ego. He's a different person. He's just like the Rafael Nadal, like growling at his opponent. So kind is of a his guy. health the difference between, or perceived health, the difference between a potential trade deadline acquisition that might be fairly significant and not? Like, is that the if they're rolling the dice here, is that the roll of the dice? Yes and no. I, I think if it plays out in like a perfect setting for you are going to win the 2020 World Series. I think the Twins starting pitching plan goes favorably for them. Like, you know, Homer Bailey is a good pitcher and Barrios does take that next step that we've talked about. Now, Odorizzi has proven that he's reached a new level and he's sort of like the the. You know, he's not even second fiddle to Barrios if he is the guy he was last year. He's on par, on plane with Barrios. That, to me, is like the optimistic projection for those three guys I just mentioned. And then, in July, you add somebody, and Rich Hill is there. Now you're talking about, you got some arms, man. 
you've got some weapons because I think they start the season with a bullpen that is full of weapons. I think we're not talking about that enough. It's like a, it's like a strength for this team that we know about and we mention it. I'm, we're not hiding from the fact that they have some good arms, but I think that'll be one of the best parts of this team. And it just doesn't get talked about a whole lot. So you don't. So just I don't think he quickly, precludes you from adding a starter at okay, the trade so deadline. That's what not I was at all. Wondering because they are talking no with way. an air of confidence about him that I find to be. Interesting. If they do, shame on them okay. because right. because that's just an amazing so risk from my perspective. Okay. Um, Fair enough. By the way, we should add to that very same conversation: Rich Hill, Michael Pineda. I think those guys are tied at the wrist. In like, you are also a high risk, volatile kind of guy. They gave him two years, twenty million bucks, hoping that he's the guy we saw just before his suspension last year. If he is, Judd, look, they still don't have Max Scherzer um, or even Mike Clevenger. But they have four guys, maybe five guys, who are really respectable, competent, number three starters in the big leagues. That's more than most teams have. How about the, and I had given this zero thought, and a, a fan asked a question, and, and uh, Thad circled back and answered it in this way. So Pineda, who I believe is out, what, the first 38 days of the season? 39, he, yep. So he, he comes back in May. But I had no idea. So he can pitch in spring training, but he can't pitch. Bef- and he can't pitch if the game charges an admission to get in, yeah. i.e., a big league game. So he'll pitch in minor league games on backfields. Hmm. And I had never given it any thought that you actually that the stipulation is he can't pitch against the Tigers in Lakeland because they're charging admission or Fort Myers. Same thing, right? But he will pitch in spring training. Minor league games, it, it, it sounds like he's got some more work to do as well. Yeah. And then can go out, what, 30 days, I believe it is, before he can return yep. for a minor league rehab assignment. It's it's basically, yeah, you've, the final 30 days of a suspension, you can treat it like you're a rehabbing pitcher. Okay. To go on a rehab assignment, and he'll get a bunch of starts to ramp up. I'm sure he'll start in Fort Myers. Um, but then you probably want to move him to Pensacola or even Rochester and get him to face some upper-level hitters. Of course, there's nothing like facing big leaguers, like a full lineup of big leaguers. So I'm curious to see sort of how they reacclimate him. But if he's Judd, if he's the guy that we saw when he got shut down last year, it's a great ad for the Twins. I also want to see his physical condition, too. I'm Same curious here. about that. I'm curious if he's lost weight. If Same he's here. Before gained. he comes up. Like, I want to know Absolutely. when you report. Well, spring training. What do you look like? Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, that to me is a people accuse us sometimes of fat shaming, but like here's the truth about it. He's a major league athlete, paid yeah. for his body, and I don't think the weight on the scale is like indicative of can you succeed? CC Sabathia was had an amazingly successful career. Right. But I think it's a Bartolo Colon for that matter. But I think it's a leading indicator of how much do you care about this? Because if you care a lot about this, I don't think you come in unwilling to or or unable physically to like get through a start do the Correct. physical rigors of things that it takes to be a starting pitcher and you don't in the wear big down leagues. in the third or fourth that's then. exactly what i'm talking and about and we just and we did see that i thought especially with michael pineda early last season yeah where there were starts where he'd get off to a pretty good start and then He's you sweating start to lay, yeah. yeah exactly right he, so, like i right. say this too by the way like big boys can throw big fastballs it's it's not you don't you don't have to be a thin trim you know max kepler cut from granite athlete but i do want your if i'm the twins i want your you know cardiovascular fitness to be that of an elite level athlete i don't think that's too much to ask yeah i just think being in decent shape 
I mean, no. Are you no going to go to B games? Miguel Sano to weigh, you know, right. 135. <laughs> but it's like, are you in decent shape? And and yeah. from the uh, workout videos that we've seen from Sano in the last few weeks, it yeah. looks like he's got himself in decent shape. He's I wouldn't, play first I wouldn't take him on in arm wrestling. No, he's probably got me beat there. So I did find it to be a very intriguing part of uh, today's town hall. This, of course, is the event Twins Fest 2019. When Thad Levine was asked the question by the kid about Machado and Harper, and clearly the Twins weren't going to go after them. But anyway, he gave the great response of, we basically don't know where our window is right now. And and because the kid's basically like, why don't you sign these superstars? He's like, yeah. well, we're, I don't know. He basically acknowledged, I don't know if we're there yet. Circle back to uh, today on Saturday, same event. And he very clearly said, I took this down in my notes. We are in a win now um, win now arena did, did he call it I've got it Maybe. oh circle a yeah. win now circle which we certainly are is that or how cycle. bad your handwriting is yes, I can't I can't read my own handwriting <laughs> it's terrible not circle cycle okay. but anyway long story short yeah, yeah. We, we do have the update Thad Levine now confirming from the window from not knowing where the window was the window's to, open to the win now cycle yes which we certainly are which does say to me that don't be shocked if there's more Moves to come. I agree with that 100%. And yes, I did get through. Cycle. <laughs> Arena, cycle. I used an I instead of a Y. It's more of a spelling problem there. I'm your, fixing it Your right interpretation, now. You. I think your interpretation is But anyway, is I just on. wanted to provide the update yes. from one year to the next on that. In fact, at his end of season update, and it was uh, you and I were there, and it was Rocco in flannel and boots. It was, I don't know why I always point that out, but I just think it's it's interesting. It's a glimpse into Rocco Baldelli, the man. <laughs> then Falvey. Right back, man. Then Levine. Yeah. And um, Thad is a wordsmith for always and said something to the effect of last year, the metaphor was we were we were trying to wedge our fingers yes. between the sill and the pane and, and jam the window open. Yes. He said, I think this offseason we can feel a breeze. And I know there are some people within the twins who like kind of got a chuckle out of that. Uh, but there's no breeze with this quote. No, no, this no. Is this a is full a full on gust of wind. Gale force wind. Exactly. This is a, the, the hurricane has moved in. <laughs> and you know what? It emboldened them, I think. And I might be the only one talking about this. And maybe I'm crazy. I think it emboldened the Twins to take a bigger risk on a Josh Donaldson, who, by the way, is 34. Like, I definitely did. I'm not hiding from the well, fact that he's an elite player, but he's 34. Derek, put the pieces. Last year, they don't take that risk, I don't think. Put the pieces of this puzzle together right now, because you're right. Donaldson, 34. They're talking to a guy who's going to be 40 in early July about a contract extension. To play. Dick Mountain. A.K.A. Rich yes. Hill or Rich Hill, A.K.A. Dick Mountain, best nickname in sports, is is going on forty or forty, right? Yeah, like, he's, so, he's, he's thirty nine now. I think he turns forty in March. I want to. But say? the point, but the point is, to your emboldened fact, that's absolutely correct. Yeah. And they are. This has nothing. This part, this franchise is set up with prospects to be pretty good for a while. Okay, so I'm not saying that the future is not bright. It probably is, or it should be. But this franchise right now, as we talk about the Major League roster for uh, 2020, is constructed to win right now. And when you're looking at that many guys of that age, you know, 
they ain't about 2023. <laughs> right, right, yeah, that's you they kind of are, but yeah, it's but, not their. You know, but in four years, you have focus. no idea if Donaldson's gonna. You have no clue. You're right, Judd. We're coming up on 35 minutes here on the Twin Show. This has been fantastic, fun conversation. I, I want to leave you with one. If you have notes to get in, feel free. No, but I'm good. I, I want to leave you with this Can't question. Read them anymore. <laughs> Can't read any more of my notes. So. If you weren't a sportscaster, a legendary broadcaster, you might have been a doctor in another life. <laughs> yeah, um, no. Sorry to all my doctor friends. Engineers also sometimes have terrible handwriting. Doctors, I know, have terrible handwriting. (laughs) Believe me, that's the only thing doctors and I share in common. (laughs) So uh, let me ask you this, kind of just point blank, and I know there are a million tentacles to this. And in fact, I'm glad there are a million tentacles to this conversation because we'll talk about it all spring and all summer long on the Score North Ale Central Champs Twin Show. If there weren't a million tentacles, this would be boring. But as you look at the landscape right now, we're sitting out here, we're looking at a snow-covered target field. And the Twins have signed Josh Donaldson, and excitement is high at Twins Fest. However, there are still people rightfully talking about the pitching, and are you going to be good enough to sort of not only slay the dragon, are you going to be good enough to be the dragon? Hashtag be the dragon, 2020. Do you think that the Twins are a legitimate World Series contender in 2020, as you look at the picture kind of right now? Um, like I said, a million tentacles, but I just want to put you more point blank on the spot. I feel I will answer this way. No, but with the right pitching addition, yes, because I really like the bullpen. And we just don't talk about bullpens much. They're not very sexy. Right. Like they are more sexy now than they were 10 years ago, but they're still not an offseason topic. They're kind of like offensive line, where if you have a great one, you just mention it every once in a while. You know, and but if you have a terrible but, one, it's like red letter headline. But then when when the guys like uh, who throw as hard as Gratterall does yeah. come out of the bullpen in May, we'll be like, oh my gosh, look yeah. how hard he threw. Yeah. So we probably will talk about it at that time. But um, I will say no, unless they make the right pitching moves. I just can't rely on Rich Hill to come back, and I can't rely on. Homer Bailey, and, and I, I know Thad talked about today that, you know, in Kansas City, he yeah, struggled yeah. somewhat, and then he got traded to Oakland and was great, and yep. that they loved what they heard from him as far as the uh, changes he made. And I'm not saying that Homer Bailey couldn't be Martin Perez for a while, but it, if, but you said World Series. You didn't say AL Central Champions. Right. So my answer right now is no, but it's not hopeless, certainly. Okay. Do you think they'll add the uh, follow up to that? Do you think they'll make the right additions? Do you have conviction that they'll do it? Conviction might be strong, but I have to think that they will based on the fact that we'll go back to what we just talked about, which is the ages. Yeah. I don't think Josh Donaldson signed here to get screwed on July 31st because the (laughs) twins say, well, another deadline came and went and we didn't make a move. They've got the assets to make a move. I'm not even sure that they have to dip into their top five. I think top 10 probably prospect pool, but I don't even, you know, we, we know the names, uh, Kirilov and Lewis and Larnick, Larnick yeah. and the pitchers who's, who we think we know his name, but we're not sure. <laughs> and, and so we throw those. And so we throw those names out, Derek. Yeah. Cause you know, cause they're the, they're the names to throw sure. out. Yeah. But I think that you could probably get a pretty damn good pitcher. And again, I'm not saying you're going to get Juan Marichal. Okay. But I think you could get a pretty damn good pitcher to slot in pretty high in your rotation who you would feel comfortable starting an important playoff game for, let's say prospect six through 10. Okay. Okay, but I'm not going there. I'm not going World Series yet with and we'll current see. roster construction, yeah, and we'll see. And like I said, I'm super happy that there are a ton of tentacles off this because otherwise it's an interesting it'd be boring. team. It's an interesting team. It's going to be fun. I love the fact they're good. It's so much better. Bad baseball sucks. It, 
everything about this team now is intriguing. And that's where the pre-Donaldson signing, I was really frustrated because it's like, you guys got to do something here. Like acknowledge, acknowledge to your fan base. And I think my prediction was right. I do think that, that the two day twin fest became much more palatable for fans and much less contentious. Yes. If they don't sign Donaldson, I think a lot of people at that town hall, for instance, today are asking a lot of legitimate questions about what are you doing here? It would have been a little more acid. Yeah. And no, I'm not saying that <laughs> a little there vinegar. <laughs> I just a quick story. Yeah. So I went and stood in the middle of the town hall thing in the back. Yep. Um, and there was a guy sitting right in front of me. And as soon as Thad started talking about pitching, without a mic, he talked loud enough for the people around him to, to hear. Thad couldn't hear up on stage. Okay. About, Rich Hill's not going to pitch. Rich Hill's got a bad arm. This guy's got a bad arm. He's not going to pitch. <laughs> and I thought to myself, that's when baseball's fun. Yeah. That's when baseball's fun. When people, when people care enough to like weigh in on Rich Hill. Yes. Right. Lean into it. I love it. a guy who's going to throw, yeah, five percent of the team's innings this exactly. year. Whatever. Do you think they're a World Series team right now? Um, I think they are a World Series capable organization. Oh, I, 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 everything I you that. said. I, I think. I think I mirror what you say. That like. I agree with you on that. I look at it right now, and it's just if you get your median outcome from every player, are you World Series favorites? No way. Um, but are you within spit and distance? And then if you get a healthy season of Byron Buxton, sometimes we underestimate how helpful that can be. Or you get a little creative with your pitching staff and get a ton of innings for some of these, you know, dragons out of the back end of their bullpen. Sure. Um, yeah, I think they are a World Series capable organization. Um, I'm just, I'm really curious to see what their risk assessment is in July. Are you, if you've got an eight game lead, are you willing to? Put your foot on the pedal, or are you still thinking about 2024? Last thing, did you find it interesting? I think it was early on in the town hall that Thad Levine basically said, you know, game one through 162, we were really good. And then he elaborated by saying, because a lot of our bench players were fantastic and our depth pitching was really good. Um, like starters, I don't know what he's talking about, four or five, whatever. Okay. I think he was, ta- I think he was ta- talking about like Pineda came on. Sure. But then he said, but then we played the Yankees in a three-game series, and those guys don't get as much of a chance. And basically what he said was the guys we rely on the most didn't do their jobs. That's correct. That's but, how I But I found it. that to be a, a really interesting acknowledgement. Well, and, and, but, yes and no. But I don't think it was a criticism as much as it was leaning on these guys. Right. I think that's the message is, Hey, Max Kepler, Mitch Garver, Miguel Sano, all of you guys, if it's important, like if we get to the playoffs, we need you this time. Yeah, so I think a couple things off of this, and not to be long-winded, but like, I, it's such a small sample size, I get it, and we want to say like, well, the Twins got swept, and so it was a no contest, and I think it was probably like a 60-40 series that went the Yankees' way. And the Yankees were favored, and they got it done. Um, but while we're all making jokes about Randy Dobnik, hashtag Uber driver, I'm looking at the fact that, like, yep, he started game two, and I question at least one of Rocco's bullpen moves, if not two of them, yes. that could have flipped a game, flipped the series. Yes. But the Twins' bats scored seven runs in three games. Right. But, period. That's that's part of the story. So I think there's part of it that says, like, yes, you would like your best performers to perform in those crucial moments also sort of subtly in that thing that you just pointed out and you sussed it out really well judd is 162 games you get to rely on not only 25 guys but like 50 guys right and so if your 35th guy is better than the other team's 35th guy or he's better than the other team's 25th guy you've got a really good team Yep. 
in October, it don't matter. In October, I don't give a crap who your 35th guy is. In October, I want to know who your top four pitchers are. I want to know who your six best hitters are, and I want to know who's going to come through here yeah. against the best in the world. Guy 35's on his couch? Watching this, already sitting in Fort Myers, like hoping he gets a chance to play in the ALCS, but there is nothing like October baseball when it comes to shortening your bench, shortening your pitching staff, and shining a spotlight on who your best players are. I think in 2020, the Twins have better best players than they did in 2019. Now it's just out to go prove it. Uh, we'll see. Fair enough. We'll see. It'll be, it's going to be great. It's going to be interesting. This is going to be a fascinating summer one way or the other. Judd, you're coming along for the ride on the Score North Twin Show this summer. We'll start in spring training with daily episodes. More on that to come. We've got some schedule announcements upcoming. Judd Zalgat will be on the team. Glenn Perkins will be on the team. I, Derek Wetmore, will be on the team. Phil Mackey will be on the team. Patrick Royce will be on the team. You get my point. We've got a lot of people who love baseball at Score North, and uh, we can't wait to share what our plans are for the upcoming year. So if you like the show, if you said hi to us out at Twins Fest, thank you so much. Good to see your uh, smiling faces to put a name to the Twitter handles. And uh, if you do like the show, we'd ask you to please just share it with a friend. I know a lot of people ask for like ratings and reviews, and that's great, too, if you want to help us out. The most helpful thing you can do, share it with one fan who loves the Twins. We'd like to reach even more people in 2020 than we reached in 2019, which, as I've stated before, was a record year for us at Score North. Super fun to be talking Twins with you guys. Judd, thanks for doing this. For Judd Zalgad and Score North Twin Show, I'm Derek Wetmore, live, well, I'm live, from Twins Fest, saying we will talk to you next week on AM1500, Score North, or live.scorenorth.com. Bye. My baseball friends, Mackie here for Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Business owners, I'm talking to you, and I've been one myself. I know what goes into it. You love it, but you're grinding every day, solving problems, taking care of employees. It helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running a business. When you partner with Federated, you get more than just a policy. You benefit from over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. Visit FederatedInsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect you. Thank you.